T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> it may be the nighttime. But the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local. And not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here in the Key Studios with you for the full four. We're asking you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much, but you want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. You can take the smartphone. You can take the Alexa speakers. You can take your tablet. You can take your DVD player, your Texas Instruments calculator, your Casio watch. Whatever your device is, just download it on something to be able to catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, the best way to be a part of the show is follow me on my personal Twitter page. That is at JMCH316. That is your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else. All right, we said last night on the show that we don't have back-to-back producers for weeks at a time. So let's give the producer wheel a spin. Let's see what where we land at. With everything. All right. Here we go. Big bucks, no whammies. Big bucks, no whammies. Come on, big bucks. Big bucks, big bucks. And we're almost there. Is it going to be Dylan? No, no. It's not. It's not Garrett. Oh, it's Dom DeLuise tonight. So there we go. So we got Leaf Garrett last night, Dom DeLuise tonight. So (laughs) we'll spin the wheel again tomorrow because we're still trying to figure out who's Going to be here or not. So uh, Dom is hanging out with us here this evening. So uh, a lot to get into. So obviously the Hawks front and center with everything going on. Um, Nine o'clock tonight, we'll react to what what was said on Andy and Randy's show with Landry Fields. We'll we'll play the clips. We'll react to all of the clips. Um, We're going to talk to Lauren Williams coming up at 820 tonight. She's the Hawks beat writer. For the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We will talk to my guy, my my friend, Sam Mitchell, the coach. Uh, we'll get into all this 
Hawks stuff, and then, you know, he he had Dominique Wilkins on with him the other day, and that was the J.J. Reddick comments and all that kind of stuff. So we'll ask him about that. So uh, obviously a lot of activity around the Atlanta Hawks. So Landry Fields today had his press conference, and he talked in front of the media. Now I want to play you a few clips for this. So, Dom, if you could get those clips up from what Landry Fields had to say um, at the uh, at the presser today. So, couple of things, and and I'm going to comment. I'm going to play a clip from John Collins here in a little bit. But uh, let me start with number 13 first. Expectations for this season haven't changed. Coaches have to hold players accountable. There's 23 games left, and our objectives haven't changed. And I've communicated that with everyone that our goal is to be a playoff team. Now, that is something, how we go about that, I expect everyone to give it their all and absolutely put their best foot forward. And I've told our coaches that you are empowered to, to do what you need to do to win ball games. However, I can be supportive during this process. Um, I will do, but you know, the mandate is very clear. Huh. It, it sounds like despite what the, you know, Nimrods on Twitter told me last night that he's looking at this coach, even though he's an interim coach, he's looking at him to lead this team into the playoffs and everything. Huh. Gee, that goes against everything I was told on Twitter last night. So you heard it from the general manager of the team, right? Was pretty clear. Sounded Coaches clear have. Coaches have a directive. They have to do what they have to do to win. Everybody's going to be held accountable. We expect to be a playoff team. Huh. It sounds like that he's actually taking it serious, the job that Joe Prunty is going to have to do over the next few weeks. Really? Well, gee, I I was told by Twitter last night that that wasn't the case, that this thing doesn't count. (sighs) Anyway, um... Here's Landry Fields talking about uh, 14. I can, I can, uh, or he should say, he says, I, I believe that we're better than our record says we are. I believe we can get a lot better. I think that this is an, a very talented roster, very talented. And um, looking at our record, like, it's, it's not acceptable with what I believe this roster can be. So that's why we're, we're trying to make a change to level up. Okay, I, I still ask the question, why did you wait until 23 games left in the season to start turning things around? I, 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 and I agree. They should be much better than what their record is. They should be much better than a game below 500. They've never taken advantage of the schedule at any point in the year. When they had that stretch where they were playing all the Gavone teams at the end of the calendar year, when they probably should have been like 13-6 and six and they finished 7-12 and 12 in that stretch, the 19 games, and I've talked about this all year, from the day before Thanksgiving until the end of the calendar year when they played the Lakers, before they went on that West Coast road trip, and they didn't take advantage of the schedule then, and you were just about halfway through the season at that point, maybe we should have tweaked things and you know done things a little bit differently. All right, here's uh, Landry Field. Let's go to 16. Uh, it's not only on Nate, but the players must be held accountable as well. And it's something that um, I don't just put on Nate. I absolutely believe that no matter who is in that lead role, that voice has got to be partially who they are, but also just with our players and the accountability that they must have. At the end of the day, they have got to um, they've got to own their stuff. They've got to own their roles and their own professional habits. 
take accountability towards one another. It can't just always be on the coach, but I do believe that uh, there was slippage and there was, um, this was an area that we, we needed to address in order for us to continue to build out how we want to build out here in Atlanta. Okay, I'll talk about the players in just a second. Well, actually, you know what? You know what? Let me talk about that now. So we had Clint Capella, John Collins, DeJounte Murray speak today. And they all talked about accountability. We have their words, their words, we have to be better. We, ha- we, we should be better. We have to be better. Well, then why weren't you better before they fired the coach? Hello, McFly. Why weren't, if you know all of this, it's easy now to sit there in front of the media who's not going to challenge anybody and hold a presser and say, well, you know, we got to be better. Well, why weren't you better before the coach got fired? Well, we didn't like him. Oh, okay. Then just say that. Just just say that. Just be honest. Uh, 18. Um, here's uh, Landry Fields talking about how Nate never expressed an interest to resign. Um, he never expressed that to me. Um, if he expressed that somewhere else, expressed that somewhere else, that would be something, be a question for him. Um, okay. If, look, we by and large figure, because Nate had to address it. He had to address the idea of him not quitting. Okay. Can can I ask another question? Because I asked Lauren this question. Why didn't they just accept his resignation at the time? If you're going to fire him three weeks later, why didn't you just accept his resignation at the time? If he doesn't, again, Frank DeBoer. Frank DeBoer didn't want to coach Atlanta United, and they didn't want to have him be the head coach. Then why didn't you just separate at that time? Look, with all due respect to Landry Fields, he asked for his, I mean, he was going to resign. That's why he had to go in front of the media and answer questions about that reports came out that he was stepping down as the head coach. Hello? These things just don't come out of nowhere. Yes, I understand the blue checkmark media and all their nonsense that they float out there all the time. But where there's smoke, there's fire. And when your head coach has got to address rumors about him stepping down, you should have accepted his resignation. If you said it was going amongst the organization, then I bet you it was probably to Tony Wrestler. I bet you it was told to Tony Wrestler that he was going to resign and he talked him out of it. Might not have said to Landry Fields, but I bet you he said it to Tony Wrestler. Now, here's all the guys, you know, talking today and all this kind of stuff. Let me let you listen to a clip from what John Collins had to say that Nate's probably suited for a more veteran team. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like me personally, sometimes with teams that are younger, right, me being a, a veteran at 25 and CC, and I think Bogey is probably the oldest guy. Um, Coach Mack is more so, um, I, I'd say, suited for guys who are in a different part of their careers. Yeah. Um, and just us being as young as we are, we feel like we need to focus on just a couple of different things. Um, and uh, I really feel like, you know, it wasn't more so the, the basketball, just where we're at mm-hmm. mentally. Um, that's, that was the biggest gap. So. so just for craps and giggles, the Hawks are the sixth youngest team in the NBA. They are the seventh by number of years played uh, 
youngest team in the NBA. So, uh, based upon tenure, they're number seven and they're number six age-wise. Okay, can I ask a question? Because this obviously just didn't pop up over the last couple few days and all this kind of stuff. How does your GM and coaches and everybody else not be in tune with what's going on with the players and stuff? How does your front office not have an – if your guy, John Collins, your seventy, your $125 million guy, is saying that, yeah, Nate's coaching style is probably better suited for – how do we not know that? Why is this coming out now? Why are we just figuring this out? Oh, it's an epiphany. Oh, you know, we just, we, we all of a sudden just poof, the light goes off. What, what do I said last week? Voila, voila, things are just coming to light. I mean, this is why I've said this entire organization is dysfunctional. From the players, to the coach, to the front office, to the owner, I know we want to put everything into its little box and be able to shine a spotlight directly down on it and point a laser beam pointer to it and say, this is why it is. This is the, this is the single soul solitary reason of why everything is this way. The reality, it's the coach, it's the players, it's the front office, it's the owner, Again, it's the ball boy, it's the guy sweeping the floor, it's the beer guy in 222, it's the nacho vendor, whatever. It's everybody's fault of where we're at. And that's why I say, I don't think simply just changing up the coach solves all of the problems. But how did we not know this? This is your, this is your guy. $125 million guy standing up in front of the Atlanta media saying that, yeah, you know what? His style is best suited for a more veteran team, an older team, and all that. How are we not in tune with that? And by the way, why did it work two years ago? It wasn't a decade ago. It wasn't 20 years ago. It wasn't when they had peach baskets up. Why did we not know this? It's only been two years. Two, how did things fall apart so quickly? The expectations were different. Again, this is maddening when you hear everybody talk. The more people say stuff uh, uh, with this organization, the more my head's going to explode. I'm going to have another stroke over all of this. My brain's going to be even more dead than what it already is listening to these people talk. And we'll react to what the the interview at Landry Fields from Andy and Randy. We'll do that at 9 o'clock. Up next, though, we're going to open up the phone lines to you. 404-741-0929. Here's the question I'm asking. What do you think is a realistic expectation over the next 23 games for the Hawks? You think they go on a big-time run, or you think they tank it? What do you think in the... For the 23 games that are left, what do you think record-wise or whatever, what do you think happens with this team starting on Friday night? 404-741-0929. That's both our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line and it's the phone line. Dom will take your calls back there. Chuck Reed in the Kia Studios.
Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. He's in the zone. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios Wednesday night. 404-741-0929. That is both our phone line and our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. We're asking the question, what's the realistic expectation for the Hawks over these next 23 games? Odyssey app's how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at JMCH316. 20 minutes from right now, we'll talk to my friend, the coach, Sam Mitchell. We'll get his thoughts about what's going on with the Atlanta Hawks. I'm going to ask him about that Dominique comment uh, to J.J. Redick uh, the other day. So a lot to get into with the coach, Sam Mitchell. Again, uh, 820, we'll talk to Lauren Williams as she's the beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution covering the Atlanta Hawks. So I thought a good discussion with her on uh, everything. So... We'll get to, to all of that. But, again, asking you what a realistic expectation is for this team over these next 23 games. You know, I, the reality says that the way that this team is, I don't know that there's going to be some epiphany, some just kind of spark that just all of a sudden magically happens for this franchise. You know, if they're 13-10 and 10 over the next 23 games, given the way that their schedule is, we've talked about this. With the Cavs and Brooklyn and Washington and at Miami and Boston and a game with Philly. You know, I think that I heard Mike say that they have the third hardest schedule left in the NBA over this last, whatever, 20-some-odd game stretch. Obviously, teams are all different about how many games that they have left. But for yeah. this Hawks team, 23 games left, I think it's the third hardest schedule. And, and when you look at it, when you talk about Cleveland, Brooklyn, Philly, Boston, right? We've got Golden State coming here. Still got a couple of trips to the Western Conference. It's San Antonio. It's Minnesota. You got Memphis. You got um, Golden State coming here and some of those Western Conference teams that are going to be here. Portland's coming here, I believe, as well. So 
it's not an easy schedule, and I just don't see how this team just magically turns up that dial and goes on some kind of miraculous run, like 17 and 6 or something like that. I just don't see it with the with the with the schedule the way it is and the idea of what this team has been to this point. I just don't see it happening. 404 741-0929. Uh, let's go out to James. What's going on, James? Hey, hi, guys. How are you tonight? Good, man. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to say, I think they might catch fire for the first 10 games, and after that is who knows, because the same way it was when they got rid of the other guy, they'll, they'll take it, they'll catch on behind this, but I don't think no matter who's in charge of the Hawks, they're always it's always the end of, of, of the season. You're waiting to next season. They have no identity. And that's my comment. I, I, I'll talk to you guys. I'll hang up and listen to you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, look, you know, when Nate took over for Lloyd Pierce, he, he had 38 games left. They they I, I think they did they fire Lloyd, I think, right before the All-Star break? Yeah. I, th- I think it was like two games yep. before the All-Star break. I think I think they had two games, and then they had the All-Star break when they fired Lloyd Pierce. It was 38 games left. They went 27-11 and 11 in that stretch. Now, the way that this Hawks team is, and haven't been through this, but I just don't see them having this catching fire kind of moment. I, I just don't see that they have this kind of run in them. And, and again, I don't know what the schedule was like back in, you know, back when Nate took over and they got him on that 27-11 run. You know, I, I know one of the games was, the, the one game that stood out was there was a game where Trey Young missed and they played Milwaukee and they beat Milwaukee at home. But I can't speak to what the schedule was over that 38 games. But I can certainly speak to what this schedule looks like now. And this is not going to be an easy stretch. And you've got teams directly behind the Hawks and directly in front of the Hawks that are all fighting for their playoff lives. Again, Washington, there's four games to play with Washington, two at home, two on the road. Well, they're half a game behind the Atlanta Hawks. They sit half a game behind in that nine spot right now with the Atlanta Hawks, or sorry, for the uh, the nine spot behind Atlanta. Half a game out, 28 and 30. Hawks are 29 and 30. And then Toronto, who at least we don't see them. You know, things are always crazy when we go up and play Toronto. But they're only a game out from the Hawks. So if they're not at least probably 13 and 10, there's a definite chance that they're really on the outside looking in. I, I think right now they are more likely to kind of fall in with the rest of the pack at 8, 9, 10 mm-hmm. than they are to start catching the Knicks and the Heat and those kinds of teams. And I was going to say, even to the caller's point, like I'm looking because the caller said that he thinks that they can go five, you know, win five of their first ten after the All-Star break. Where are those five wins coming from? You have Cleveland, Brooklyn, Washington three times, Portland, Miami twice, Boston and Minnesota. Yeah, and, and those games, the Miami and Washington games are on the road and they're doing that. You play one night, yeah. night off, and play again against the Wizards. So they do that with the Wizards, and then they do that with the Miami Heat. 
So that's four games where you're four straight you're, road you're, games. You're technically on the road, but yeah. you're only playing in two cities for all of it. So yeah, again, and and then uh, you start with the Cavs. They're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. The Nets don't look like, given what they just did, you know, right before the All Star break, they don't look like they're going to take a huge step backward. So yeah, it, it's going to be tough. And then you know, playing in Miami's never an, an easy thing. So. Four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine. Nasir out in Loganville. What's going on, Nasir? I think the situation is bigger than what we see. I think Trey told us who he was when he said, you know, he wasn't serious about the regular season. That puts us back. Now we're two coaches down. So if you look at it seriously, I just think that recruiting these young players is cool, but the maturity level is just not there. I think that the player that we picked up from Spurs, DeAndre, is, is great, and I think I think a lot of the players is great, but it's just no maturity level. And I think no matter what coach you get, you're going to have your problems. But the fact is that the maturity level isn't there, and that's supposed to be your star player, who I think we labeled him the star player preemptively, that um, this is what we're going to get. This is what we're going to get. A player called earlier today when Bell was on, like, Trey should come off the bench. I'm not too far from that thought, just for the simple fact his maturity level is not there. Well, I mean, they're, they're, but they're, but they're, you know, that they're not going to do that. I mean, they're, they're not going to, again, they're, they're not going to bring Trey, they're not going to bring their $46 million player off the bench that was, you know, an all NBA player and, you know, multi time all star. And that's not going to happen. I mean, that's that I, I don't, I don't care if, I don't care if the most old school coach in the history of basketball is out there doing all that. That's not going to happen. I understand the sentiment, but that's not going to happen. That's not realistic uh, for it. But, look, the players all said the right things, right? They they all said the right thing. The three guys that spoke today, notice that Trey Young didn't speak today, but DeJounte Murray, the guy who's been here the least, John Collins, Clint Capella, they all said the right things. But why would I believe what they said and why would I believe that suddenly everything is going to change around? Like, why do I have faith now, 59 games into this thing, that all of a sudden they're all like Mia Copas? Yeah, I mean, it's on us and we got to get better. Okay. Was that, you know, did it take the coach getting fired to have that epiphany? Is that what it is? Was that the moment that, was the breakthrough moment and, you know, the, the glass ceiling, you know, shattered in a thousand pieces and the sunlight shone down on everybody and, and stuff? I just don't see it. And especially at this point of the year. But when you're talking about 23 games left, you know, I'll, I'll talk to Lauren Williams about this, but I ask a question. You think they come out like a house of fire or you think they start making plans for the banana boat? Because that's what it is. I, I feel like they're going to have one kind of you know swing, but if they can be thirteen and ten, and they'll find themselves in a probably you know seven, eight, nine scenario if they're thirteen and ten down the stretch. That's probably where probably about the best we can hope for. Maybe they're a game or two better for all of it, but thir- I'll say thirteen and ten down the stretch. And that'll get you in the play-in tournament. May not be the 7-8 matchup, but they'll be in the play-in tournament. And then they'll, you know, probably maybe win one. Or if they have to play two, 
Maybe they win both those games. And then you get your hands on Boston and Milwaukee. Good luck. Good luck. Are those teams any good right now? Boston and Milwaukee any good right now? I mean, and and none of those matchups are certainly going to favor the Hawks down the stretch. Certainly none of those are going to favor them in those playoff series. So it's a mess. I mean, you know, we've talked about it. It's just... It's just a mess all the way around. And, you know, Landry Field said, well, we may hire a coach sooner. Then he said, well, we may hire a guy in the summertime. If you knew that it was going to be this net result, this end result, I would hope, I would hope that they would have had some things in place, some contingency plans in place. Because I don't understand, I still don't understand why why didn't you just accept Nate's resignation? Look, we all know that he wanted out of here. He didn't want to coach this team. I think he knew the writing was on the wall. We even talked about last night. They were 19 and 22 at the midway point. At the at the halfway point of the season, they were at the midway or at the at the midway point, they were 19 and 22. So they've been a, a couple of games better than what they were at the Midway, the actual midway point, not the all-star break, but the actual midway point. But I just, I, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, I just, I don't have as much confidence. All right, let's grab Kevin out in Buckhead before we get to break. Let's grab uh, Kevin. Hey, man. So I've been listening to you to, to uh, 92.9 all day long and been kind of, I'm, I'm perturbed. I'm perplexed. Let's put it that way. I don't understand all the hate on on uh, Trey Young. Um, he's the same player that got you guys to Eastern Conference. What I see looking at the games is that players can't shoot. I see that people taking shots they shouldn't be taking. I see no defense. That's the coach. See, they went and got DeJounte Murray because of what Miami did to, to uh, Trey uh, last year's playoffs, right? So you give him – but the coach can't figure out how to make it glaringly apparent that's not going to happen no more, what you did to us, Miami. It looked like a, a, the same team with a, just another guy on the team. DeJounte Murray is great at 14-footers. He's not a three-point shooter. He's not that. He's great on defense. What you need is your small forward and your power forward to get a true go-to game, mainly your small forward. And you need a bench that can play true defense. And it showed to me, it showed up. Um, um, Nate McMillan's ability to coach a team and to get them to respect him. That's what. That's why he's gone. And I think when the players talk about accountability, they know what they're not doing, but, but they also know that he was not the coach to coach them to that level. And unfortunately, he got ran up out of here, and I just don't understand why it's Trey's fault all of a sudden. Trey, Trey's three-pointers went down. Why? Because he had another player on the team that, can, that they can go to. Um, Nate McMillan used to let him uh, stay on the bench four or five minutes into the fourth quarter, regardless. Okay, and I'm like, why don't you let this guy come in and play? And it was the same thing all the time. So if I'm the other coach on the other team, I see what Nate McMillan's scheme is, and I'm going to play to that. He, he, was, he was too predictable. So, um, so I mean, let me ask you a yes, question. So, so let, me, let me ask you yes. a question, quick question, okay? Yes. Does Trey have any culpability in any of this? Because on this show, I, I, I can't speak for everybody else, okay? 
on other than the fact that the morning guy is always talking about Solomon Hill, for God's sakes. But on this show, I've said DeAndre Hunter. I've said John Collins. I've said the coaches. I've said the front office. How, how many times do I have to say it's everybody's fault? So does Trey fit into everybody? But when I say it's everybody's fault, and those are the words that, Dom, did you hear me say for the mm-hmm. last couple of nights it's everybody's <laughs> fault? Yep. I'm blaming the beer guy. I'm blaming the guy, the ball boy, the guy sweeping the floor. It's everybody's fault. Everybody has culpability in this. And by the way, if your front office wasn't savvy enough to understand the relationship between your players and your coach, then shame on them. Sam Mitchell up next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 92 on the game, Odyssey.com app. Back to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening. 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. We'll get back into our Hawks conversation a little bit later on in the show. Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. A lot to get into here as my guy, former NBA coach of the year, my friend Sam Mitchell is joining us here. And um, Sam, how the heck are you, man? How you been? (laughs) John, I can't complain, my friend. Doing just well. How about you? Well, listen, uh, we may talk off air. You know, I had a health setback here uh, recently, so we, uh, we're we back at it here over the last month or so. But uh, we'll, we can talk about that at another time. But, um, you know, Sam, I loved what Dominique Wilkins' response to J.J. Reddick's comments were with you the other day. What did you think about that whole <laughs> thing about what he said? Uh, you know, first of all, I just – couldn't believe it that he forms his mouth to say something like that. JJ knows better, and uh, I, you know, sometimes you have to wonder: Do guys say stuff just to get a reaction? And a neat reaction to your point was classic. And you know, everybody has a right to their opinion, but I really, really try to be open-minded when we talk about you know things that happens in the eighties and nineties and and things now. And I give the players today credit, talent-wise, individual-wise, oh, they're better than we were. You know, when you look at how talented and how these guys play, but there's something missing. Maybe it's that little extra, that little love that we call it or whatever, but there is something missing. But as far as talent, you can't complain about that. So, you know, with regard to the Atlanta Hawks, uh, I've said that everybody's hands are dirty in this. Players, coaches, front office, ownership. How do you see this whole situation with the Atlanta Hawks firing Nate McMillan with 23 games to go. Well, John, it's tough, man. Been, been in that situation. You know, as a coach, you know you're hired to be fired. But to get let go this late into the season, especially when you're Nate McMillan, who's been such an accomplished coach and who kind of turned this this franchise around a couple of years ago. But it's the part of the business that's ugly, that's unfortunate. And, uh, but, you know, I think Nate's an unbelievable coach. But, for whatever reason, and there's a lot of speculation on why they're making a change, but for whatever reason, the Hawks are deciding to go in a different direction. And I really hope 
as someone who was born and raised in Georgia, who lives here now, would like for the host to get the right guy. And uh, there's some good candidates out there. We keep hearing some names, but, you know, I, I, I just hope they get the right guy because, you know, we need something different in this town. How how much, I mean, honestly, how much of a spark do you think that firing a coach with 23 games left in the season can can light a fire under this team? I mean, you know, they're kind of in that no man's land, as you always talk to me about. And it's just, I, I don't, I mean, I don't understand, you know, 23 games left, how much of a spark that you can really get this team to, to play that much better down the stretch. Well, John, you tend to play a little bit better because not only do the players look around the room and realize that, you know, you, you fired the coach, but then after the coach, who's next? You know, the players are not stupid. They understand that when a team is underachieving and the coach is always going to take the initial blow, after that, there's a restructuring coming because whoever they bring in, some guys may like you, some guys may not. You may not be some guy's cup of tea. There are going to be changes. And if there's no change with 22 games or 23 games to go, then guess what? This summer we'll start trading and, 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 and rechanging, shaping this roster. So it should be a little jump. But at the end of the day, when you look at the East and Western Conference, the Hawks, they've underachieved a little bit, but they just, have, just haven't played up to the quality that the teams ahead of them have played. Sam Mitchell joining us here on the waitforward.com hotline, former NBA coach of the year. So do you think that from a timeline, because Landry Fields talked about on one hand, he said that earlier today that maybe they could make a move before the end of this season as far as hiring a coach. And then he also said, well, it could be summertime when, when we hire a coach. Realistically, when you're going through that process, you know, how quick, I mean, what would be the point of bringing somebody else in here at this point with a handful of games left and not knowing what the future of this roster is going to bring? Does it make any sense to bring in somebody new into this organization this quickly? It wouldn't make sense to me, John, but, you know, if, if, a, if a GM does that, that means he's already had someone strongly, strongly in mind. They've already pretty much – uh, consummated the deal. It's just how do you and when do you introduce this guy and bring him in. But if I was you, I'm with you, John. I would take my time. Look, we've been hearing the name Quinn Snyder. His name's been, you know, all over ESPN and on local news. And, and Quinn's a good candidate. I know Quinn. But I also think there's some other good candidates. I think, you know, you would have to look at a guy like Emi Adoka. When you're talking about changing the culture, and I think the Hawks need a culture change, Look at what he did in Boston. Then you look at some assistant coaches out there. Sam Cassell. You know, you look at a guy like that, Damon Stoudemire in Boston, who's done a tremendous job also. So I think it's some other guys out there. And if I was Landry Fields, I would put together an extensive list, and I would sit down this summer, and I would really interview guys and just get deep because you can't keep firing coaches. This is You're going on your third coach, you know, in about, you know, three years, something like that. So you can't keep doing that, and you don't want the narrative out there that your organization organization is not, you know, functioning properly. So I wouldn't rush to bring anybody in right now. I would do my due diligence because there are some good candidates out there, but I would really, really, you know, take my time before I bring in the next coach. Now, you, you obviously live here, and, and you've got some understanding of this franchise. 
How involved do you think Tony Wrestler is in all of this decision-making? How, how much do you think that there's separation between what Landry Field's job is and how much Tony Wrestler is involved in this organization? Well, I think like any owner, you're going to be involved. People that say owners are not involved, you know, if you own something and you're passionate about it, you want to be up to speed in the things that are going on. I just think in a situation like this, obviously, you know, you're going to listen to your general manager. You're going to have trust in him, but you're also going to be in that room and be involved. So I think, you know, stuff like this, he's he's kept up to speed on. He has to sign off on it. And the general manager, when he wants to make a change, you have to go sit down to the owner and ownership group and state your case on why you want to do something. And obviously, when he made his points and his reason why, the owner signed off on it. So the same process should be taken when you decide to hire a coach. The general manager should put together an extensive list. Uh, and at some point, when you get it narrowed down to like the top two or three guys, that's when the owner should be brought in and that's when the decision should be made. But I'm with you, John. Again, if, if you decide to go down this road at this point already, then you might as well take your time, interview a list of guys, and make sure you get the right candidate. So let's say the Hawks finish 8-9 somewhere in that mix, and they get into the play-in tournament, and you know maybe they advance, and then you're, look, you're staring Milwaukee or Boston right in the crosshairs, and I don't think you're going to win that series, and so it's going to be another, you know, technically, I guess, a first-round exit, um, you know, because you're, you're in the first round of the playoffs. What does your gut tell you about is this organization ready to make some wholesale changes or besides the coach, do you think that they kind of stay pat? They, I mean, they've invested a lot of money in these guys. I mean, not just Trey, but DeAndre and John Collins and Capella. Like, they've got a lot of money invested in these guys. What's your gut tell you about if this is a play-in and they get blown out in the first round, what does your gut tell you that they do in the offseason? Well, John, you can, you know, your gut can tell you a lot of things based on what happens, and there's a lot of ifs, but I can tell you this. You're right. They have invested a lot of resources and money into some of this young talent that they have, and, and that's probably one of the reasons they're making a change. That being said, if, if you think the team is underachieving because the coach then you bring a new coach in, you bring a new staff in, you lead this this group intact, you just try to make it better, and then you give them an opportunity to play because if you really invested that kind of money and you believe, then 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 if you think it was the coach again, you run this, this team back, you just try to make the necessary adjustments. And so I think that's what they're going to do. Look, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Trey Young, they have some really, really young talent. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes we're impatient. But if you think it was the coach and now you you went through the process of changing the coach, then you should at least give this group another year to find out what your instincts were. Now, let me ask you this. More than, like, the names and stuff like that, you know, we hear all the different names out there. But from a age or philosophy standpoint, one of the things that John Collins said today was, you know, Nate's system and this, that, and the other is probably better for an, an older team. You coach some really young guys over the course of your NBA coaching life. How much of a disconnect is there when you have a young roster? And I think the Hawks are sixth in 
uh, age and seventh in experience as far as youngest rosters go in the NBA. Does it have to be sort of a, a younger voice? I mean, does does that factor in when you're talking about getting this thing on track? Son, that just drives me crazy, a younger voice. So you basically you're saying, okay, we had an experienced coach and he wanted us to run more of an experienced offense. And then an offense that, I don't know, demanded more of us. But we want a young coach who knows very little like we do and then who's going to put very little in. You know how much sense that makes, John? That makes absolutely no sense at all. Look, it's not about the age of the coach. It's about what the coach wants to bring and what type of system he wants to intact. All right, so when you watch the Hawks play, the first thing I would say to the players is get in the gym and work on your game. If your game is the same as it is when you came into the league, if you're still shooting the same percentages from the same areas on the spot that you did when you first came in the league, then you haven't gotten better. And the Hawks pay this young talent on what they thought they were going to be, on not what they actually done. If you look at the guys that they pay, other than Clint Capella and Trey Young, the other guys, Hunter and Collins, they were paid on potential. So, you know, I kind of cringe when I hear stuff like that. It doesn't make sense to me. Some of the best coaches in all sports are coaches with age, and those coaches kind of evolve. Hmm, how Nick Saban's doing in this new era of football? Let me see. He's kind of kicking everybody's ass, when you think, <laughs> with all that. So I would just say finding the right coach that can put the right system in place, regardless of age, it's not a concern. It's just bringing in the right guy. One thing you have to be careful about when you bring in an extremely young coach that don't know anything, the players also know that. So at some point, you got to have somebody with enough experience to understand what's going on. And for all the people that say, look at what's going on in Boston. Yeah, look at what's going on in Boston. That team is a mature team. you got players who have been deep into the playoffs, the Eastern Conference Finals, and more. And so when you look at the Boston Celtics, those guys are mature. And where did they gain that maturity from? Yeah, Emi Adoka was a young coach as far as how many years he had coached. But you look at all the experience he gained and all the veteran coach that he coached under, and then you look at the, the accountability that he instilled in that locker room and on that team. That's why those young players have responded so Maybe the problem with the Hawks is, is that go your problem? The young players, a, a, a guy stated that one of the key players saying, well, the other coach expected too much of us. Maybe we need a coach that don't expect anything of us. So when you start hearing comments like that, I start hearing excuses. And maybe management, maybe when they get through looking at the coach, maybe they need to start looking and focusing in that locker room at some of the players. Last question for you, Sam. I've got about 30 seconds left. Do you include Trey Young? Consult with Trey Young. He's your super max guy. Do you at least listen to his voice as far as maybe who he wants, or, or do you just not factor any of that in? Listen to me carefully, John. As my star player, as my super max player, I might would have a, I would probably have a conversation with him about the type of coach that we're looking for, but this is where you got to be careful. Right now, there may be a narrative out there that Trey Young and the coach not getting along, and this is the second time, okay? I would not put Trey in that situation because, again, players need to stay in their lane, 
management stay in their lane, all right? I would, I might would have a conversation, but if I was Trey Young, I wouldn't want to be near this decision. I want to be like the other 14 guys in that locker room because this is the thing. If there's a perception in that locker room that the next coach is hired to satisfy Trey, then what are you going to do about the other 13 guys in that locker room? Last time I checked, you can't win with one guy. So if I was the players, I would stay in our lane and I would let management stay in their lane. And that way, you don't want the you don't want your teammates of your Trey Young thinking that you're in the room deciding who is going to coach that team. Because trust me, no players want to be on a team if they think there's one particular player running the scene, running the team behind the scenes. Man, he's the best NBA uh, former NBA coach of the year. Sam Mitchell joined me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. You can check him out on his Twitter page at Sam Mitchell NBA. Sam, as always, my friend, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for, you know, chatting with me here tonight, and uh, let's try to catch up uh, here soon. Well, John, it's always a pleasure, man. I listen to you often, and you take care of yourself, my friend, and let's catch up. You got it. Appreciate it. When we get back from the top of the hour, it will be time for the Falcons' flyover. There was a cut today from a team that Arthur Smith has some knowledge of. We'll talk about all that if maybe he's a fit or anything like that. Plus some other news and notes as well. Chuck Reed in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 910 The Game, Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.